the Forum at 8. Favourite time of the morning on AM Live. And it's uh, just gone 10 minutes after 8. Uh, today on the Forum at 8, uh, South Africa's prisons are deemed to be the most overcrowded correctional centres in Africa. And one of the reasons, according to experts, is that police are jailing too many people for petty crimes. Studies have shown that many inmates spend years behind bars just waiting for their trial to reach the courts. And researchers say the justice system does little to protect the criminals who are subjected to more crime inside the prison walls than outside. On the forum at 8, we are looking at the prison conditions and how prisoners are protected and rehabilitated under the system. And our guests uh, this morning, it's a pleasure to welcome Ms. Betsy Pierce, National Operations Manager at the National Institute for Crime Prevention and the Reintegration of Offenders. Uh, Good morning to you, Betsy, and thank you for joining us. Good morning and thank you for inviting us. Also joining us uh, is the National Commissioner of Correctional Services, uh, Mr. Zaka Modise. Mr. Modise, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, again. Good morning to your listeners. Now, the first question uh, goes to the National Commissioner of Correctional Services. Uh, When I read the, the intro, it says South Africa's prisons are deemed to be the most overcrowded correctional centers uh, in Africa. Is that true? I agree. Uh, in a way, yes, uh, but not exactly. No, I'm saying that is uh, Nigeria has more offenders than we have. And um, in our case, when you look at our total population of 50 million, and we just have over 150,000, uh, it is not as bad as we make it to be. But primarily, we are overcrowded at our urban correctional facilities where we have the metros. That's where the real uh, uh, pain of overcrowding is being felt. So I would guess uh, the, uh, f- uh, we could phrase the question as what the conditions are in our prisons generally. I guess I, as I'm, I'm saying, uh, from our urban uh, correctional facilities, uh, we experience huge overcrowding uh, of remands, uh, those that are waiting trial. And as we move into the country to your more rural, then uh, the overcrowding is not as huge as it is. And what is important with that is, uh, as you correctly said, uh, there is a number of cases that need to have been finalized, which are not finalized uh, at court. And then we're trying to, together with the Chief Justice, to put measures in place to address the case backlogs, but also to divert more and more uh, people that are in conflict with the law away from correctional facilities. I think that's what we're trying to do uh, as, as a cluster. What we're trying to establish is what the conditions are under which people are detained in our prisons. The conditions... As I said, at our urban, overcrowding is one area uh, that is, uh, uh, for us, a serious concern. Our facilities are overcrowded. Secondly, um, we also are having challenges of uh, not having enough staff to guard these offenders. Uh, But I can tell you that uh, in terms of uh, our compliance with the the law, uh, ensuring that there is humane incarceration, uh, I think the Department of Correctional Services is, is doing well in that regard. And secondly, uh, taking care of those that are in our facilities in terms of healthcare services and nutritional services, I believe that our department is doing much better. 
And I think uh, we can we can move from that way. Let's uh, bring in Betsy Pierce now, National Operations Manager at the National Institute for Crime Prevention and the Reintegration of Offenders, uh, uh, known as uh, NICRO. You have done uh, research into conditions in our prisons. Uh, would you agree with the Commissioner uh, as he describes the conditions in our prisons? Well, we all know that, that we have um, major issues with overcrowding, um, and the overcrowding and uh, causes that they are... That, that, we, that we will have um, pockets of corruption and mismanagement um, and failure to address those that, that, that commit violations in prison. Um, and, and, but the major problem is overcrowding, and because of overcrowding, we will have the other conditions that affect the, the prisoners. The study that you ran, what was the main objective and how did you undertake that study? Um, NICRA hasn't recently done any studies. Um, I don't know where that information comes from. Um, some of the information that we have looked at is, is the, the newspaper articles and the, the complaints from prisoners themselves, those who had, had cell phones. But then I must also say that looking at the complaints from prisoners where you have anonymous complaints poses a certain measure of... Um, challenges in that you're not always you're not always sure about the accuracy of these of these complaints um, but yes we do get complaints of prisoners who are who are raped who have, have unhealthy and unhygienic conditions in in prisons and um, a lot of drug abuse gangsterism um, and that that's the type of complaints that comes from the prisoners themselves and let's go back uh, to the National Commissioner of Correctional Services, Mr. Zach Mudise. Remember, you can wade in on uh, uh, the uh, forum at 8. Uh, you can uh, give us a call, 891 telephone number to dial, or you can Facebook tweet us at AMLife uh, using the hashtag AMLife. And 37109 is the SMS line. Uh, you can uh, drop us an SMS uh, there. And uh, what we are looking at are the prison uh, conditions and our prisoners are protected and rehabilitated under the system. Let's uh, look at uh, the protection of prisoners. Uh, You did mention, Commissioner, that uh, you are understaffed uh, in some areas. How do you ensure the protection of prisoners or detainees? Thanks, uh, Ike, and again, uh, your listeners. um, The Department of Correctional Services has uh, its mandate to ensure that those that are in, in, in its care uh, are, are being looked after and are being protected, and we ensure their security. Uh, over the years, uh, we we have been struggling to ensure 100% compliance to that purpose and, and mandate because of uh, security breaches where offenders, either by themselves, either themselves, or it's also officials when they intervene, they end up beating up offenders and or other offenders are taking officials. That's number one. Number two, we've also had incidents where offenders have set cells alight and then they, they, they then uh, got banned, and as a result, others have died. But also, from time to time, we have gangs that fight. Uh, like, and uh, when the gangs fight, uh, you then have a situation where you have to intervene 
and at times called in your South African police services and or your, your, your defense force to come and assist us in quelling that situation. So, so in a way, yes, uh, the department has not succeeded 100% because of when we look at our performance annually, we then realize that there are these that have uh, died unnaturally, unnatural because of having been injured or having been stabbed or having uh, committed suicide. But also we look at uh, our performance with regard to the assault of and injuries that are sustained by our offenders. That's why, in, in a way, I'm saying yes, uh, it's our commitment, but we have not succeeded 100% in ensuring that uh, that is the case. Let's uh, go to the last uh, Darren in Johannesburg. Uh, welcome. Hi, good morning, Ike, and thank you very much to, uh, for taking my call. Uh, just a quick one, you know, I am actually appalled to even think about the fact that we are giving a hearing to offenders or criminals of, this, uh, of the country. Uh, you know, it, it actually sickens me to the gut. Do we have to actually experience a personal crime in this country in order to know what pain one has to go through to understand and feel it? And now we've got to, we've got to talk about criminals and, and overcrowding. Uh, you know, for me, I mean, that, that really is just not, not, not even supposed to be discussed at this level uh, to even give them a hearing. Uh, you know, talking about uh, criminal activity within jails, uh, what is the commissioner doing about that? There should be systems put into place. You know, I, I can't understand the reasoning behind that because at the end of the day he says he calls in the army. Yes, we have an army, so why does the army be placed there on a permanent basis to avoid and prevent that? If gangsterism is allowed to take place in a jail, like then what's your uncle? I have no clue what and what controls are in place, what measures are in place to actually stop this from happening. It really is a concern. Darren, in uh, Johannesburg, uh, we'll get a response uh, from our guest, uh, Figile. You are in Cape Town. Welcome. Yes, thank you, Ike. Thank you, guys, for taking my call. Ike, uh, it's very sad that the government is trying to talk about the, 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 the prison being full or overcrowded. Though we have more criminals that are actually continue to commit crime outside, and that are working mostly with the corrupt police officials that are actually not in jail. So as soon as the, the state will be, be, try to build a more prison, because you've got such a corrupt system that allows prisoners to continue to victimize the innocent ones. So this is hurting, the very hurting topic ever. Because I'm um, one person that actually been, been mugged on the 6th of December. I lost my car. Yes, I can. So it's very hurting. And the criminals continue uh, hijacking other people. So it's a hurting topic ever. Thank you. Eh? Figule in Cape Town. Uh, Mrs. Pile, you are in Cape Town. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to just talk about an amazing initiative at the Worcester Prison called Group of Hope, which is a prisoner-led rehabilitation initiative. And an amazing um, person who has been rehabilitated is someone called Sishle Shabalala, who's actually gone through that process over many years, come out, and has wanted to make a difference in community. So I think if we focus on rehabilitation, we can find ways to get out of this situation that we're in. But if we criminalize people, as you said, most people are there for petty crime. We have no proper system. We have juveniles who are not being attended to, who are put in with adults. So we have so many issues. I just want to talk about Angela Davis and the connections she made between the prison industrial complex and system in the U.S. and slavery 
and how black people are treated as criminals because they're black. So I think uh, some of the calls are implying, oh, you know, what is, why must we even talk about this? But what they're not talking about, what has led to people being in this situation is the crime committed against them over hundreds of years. So we need to have a lot deeper conversations and not just surface conversations. Mrs. Pele in Cape Town, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Vuyelua, you are in Johannesburg. Uh, looks like uh, we have lost uh, Vuyelua there. But uh, we had uh, those uh, three calls, uh, Darren and Figile, feeling that uh, we don't need to be uh, tackling this uh, discussion. My personal feeling is that... Um, you know, there are people who unintentionally end up uh, being incarcerated. Uh, you might be driving around uh, to get convicted of culpable homicide after being involved in an accident. So anyone potentially can go to jail. And I feel that uh, it's something that we need to look into some of the systems that are in prison. But uh, Betsy, let's come uh, to you. What are your uh, what is your reaction to the calls that we've heard? Um, I agree with Ms. Uh, Pillay that we have to we have to look at our um, at, at at the inmates and we have to provide programs for them so that they can have a second chance in life. Um, you must realise that the, the, the major objectives of punishment is um, is is not it's not not just vengeance. Um, there is a retribution of, uh, um, aspect to that, but we also need to look at changing people's behavior and making sure that they, when they come out of prison, because most of the people in prison will come out again, and that when they come out, they are constructive citizens um, in our society. Um, that's part of the protection of our society is to make sure that, that we render these services and that we also have an inherent belief that people can change their behavior. Um, and, and as you rightly said, a lot of a lot of people are in prison for petty crimes, and um, we should we should look at dealing with them in a different way. Um, this is also what um, one one of Nico's objectives is to look at diverting people from the, the court systems and assisting them through behaviour change programs instead of looking at um, just as incarceration for them. So, you know, it's difficult to measure our, our effectiveness of imprisonment um, in, in South Africa uh, because we have, we've, we have a lot of problems at the moment. And um, it, it is also from Nicro's, Nicro believes also always in agreement with that imprisonment as a sanction has always been a subject of debate. Um, while imprisonment should in theory bring about behavioral uh, change, as well as improved education and training, this does not always happen. And this, prob- um, this problem, uh, Betsy, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, have been going on for quite some time, have been spoken about over the years. Have you seen any movement uh, towards trying to resolve some of the problems that we have? Um, when we, in our services to our clients, um, we have seen that we've got probably about 88% um, of uh, 88% chance of people not going back to to um, offences again, not going back to crime. And 
if we can deal with a with with a individual before they go to prison, we've got a much much better success rate in ensuring that that person changes behaviour. Because also, if you, if you if you can get to them before they they have an they they imprisoned or they have a criminal record, because through diversion we can we can prevent criminal records. And if you can if you can intervene at that stage, the success rate is so much higher because the person also has so much more to lose um, should he not comply, change his behaviour, and stay away from crime. Because once they have criminal records, there's so much stigmatisation and marginalisation, and people really really struggle um, in all as a facet of of um, society. They won't get employment, for instance, um, and, and that will just, the, the repercussions of that is so great on their dignity and their survival. Commissioner, you, um, what do you think of the calls that uh, we had and what's your response? I thank you once more uh, and thank to your listeners for the opportunity. Uh, maybe let me start with Darren. Uh, uh, talking about gangsterism in our correctional facilities, uh, I think uh, uh, Darren is looking at it one side. Uh, the other side of it is that uh, gangsterism also occurs in our communities where our people are living uh, without necessarily having been in, in a correctional facility. We have seen in Cape Town and in other parts of the country where uh, gangs have uh, mushroomed and uh, uh, are very much involved in criminality. What we're saying as, as a department is that uh, together with other crime-fighting agencies, we have developed what we call a multi-pronged gang uh, strategy that uh, is informed by what happens outside in our communities but also in our correctional facilities. Because what we're trying to discourage is that uh, young people in our communities already join gangs whilst they are outside, and by the time they come into a correctional facility, then already they are gang members. So, so we're trying to work together with the communities that we fight uh, gangsterism, but also crime in general. I think it is important that we talk about uh, correctional services, we talk about offenders, we talk about criminality, because uh, the people in our correctional facilities uh, are citizens of this country mainly, but we do have also about 10,000 foreigners in our facilities, but 150,000 of offenders are South Africans who at some point in time have to go back to communities and, and start their lives again. So we need to put all efforts in ensuring that these people that are doing time in our facilities get to be rehabilitated, get to change their behavior and conduct, so that by the time they go back to society, they are successfully reintegrated and then they can take up their lives and also contribute toward building this country and uh, contribute toward its economy. I think it's critically important that all of us take hands in that. And our collaboration with um, uh, uh, NGOs, uh, civil society, is, is critical for the success of correctional services. We, we definitely will not be able to do it alone. We need these partnerships that like we have with, with Kulisa, we have with Negro and all others that are assisting us in, in trying to change the behavior of those that have offended society. And it is true, it is true, Ike, that uh, our facilities are, are, are overflowing. As I've said, the big five in the country, Portsmouth, Johannesburg, uh, Pretoria, Devon, Westville, as well as uh, St. Albans, are overflowing. And largely, 
because of remand is that uh, whose cases take too long to be finalized. And that's why then the, the, the initiative by the Chief Justice to focus on these cases that have been in the, on the roll for more than two years and put a special court to deal with these cases and finalize them. I think we appreciate all the efforts that are done. But I'm, I'm equally uh, encouraged by Ms. Pillay uh, because uh, we, we have a belief that all human beings, uh, uh, Ike and your listeners, have the potential to change. Uh, we, we're talking to the, the inner being of our society to say, uh, because you have uh, realized that you are committing crime, which is not acceptable in our communities, then develop insight and change. 25 minutes to 9 here on the forum at 8. Our guests, uh, Ms. Betsy Pierce, National Operations Manager, the National Institute for Crime Prevention and the Reintegration of Offenders, uh, NICRO, and Zach Mudisa, National Commissioner of Correctional Services. Uh, we are looking at the prison conditions and how prisoners are protected and rehabilitated under the uh, system. And, of course, uh, I see your call, Stephen. Uh, Alex, uh, as well as uh, Vuyelo, will be coming uh, to those uh, calls in a short while. But first, uh, let's go back uh, to the Commissioner. You did mention that uh, there are security breaches uh, that uh, do okay, but it looks like uh, it's everyday occurrence uh, where we find contraband uh, finding its way to prisoners and also the uh, sexual um, assaults of uh, prisoners by other prisoners and you also mentioned uh, gang activity. It looks like uh, it opens, it, it, ha- it happens openly in our prisons. I guess, once more, thank you. Uh, no, that is not the case. Uh, uh, as, as I've indicated earlier, that uh, our challenges uh, are mostly felt at your, your urban facilities. Like we have had recently at, uh, at uh, Fuenagin, uh, where we had uh, contraband, uh, uh, large loads of that. Uh, we also have experienced that at... Uh, some of our facilities like your Hobartfley in Bloemfontein, but also at uh, facilities like Polsmo and St. Albans. Now, the department has a, a, a strategy to, to deal with uh, criminality inside our facilities, but also the detection of contraband and unauthorized items. And that's why part of that was to ensure that uh, we also utilize technology uh, where we have X-ray scanners, we have uh, cell phone detectors, uh, where we also are focusing on our staff. Because, indeed, there are only three categories that enter into our facilities on a daily basis. It is officials of the department. Uh, Secondly, it is your offenders that go to court, and also visitors to our facilities. A number of visitors, family members that come to visit offenders, we are always, when we search them, we found contraband, we found drugs, we even find guns uh, that uh, they have hidden inside their, their, their bodies and so forth, and uh, we would then report this to the South African Police Services. But we are fully aware of our, our mandate to ensure that our facilities are safe, and therefore we're putting everything in place to ensure that the facilities from time to time are searched by officials and also we search our own officials because we have also realized that there are a, a few of them who is a weak link to the security and the breaches that occur uh, from time to time.
So, so I guess it does happen, but it is not a daily occurrence that uh, contraband and unauthorized items are found in our facilities. There are these facilities that are running very clean uh, institutions, and uh, that is as a result of uh, the transformation that has taken place with your offender population, but also with the staff. Because remember, in the past, we were prison warders whose uh, main aim was just to lock up offenders and not do a rehabilitation. But right now, we have correction officials whose aim is to rehabilitate and to develop those that are in our facilities so that they are better people. But also the change of mindset of offenders. We still have prisoners whose main aim is to injure others, to belong to gangs, and to bring in contraband. But we do have also, amongst the prison offender population, we have these offenders that have realized that committing crime is no way for them as a life, as a choice of life, and therefore have developed insight and have changed. There are others are changing and are causing others to change as well. And that for us is what keeps us going as a department and giving us encouragement on a day-to-day basis. Commissioner, when you mentioned that uh, a few of your officials uh, have been found wanting, how have you dealt with them? I can, uh, your listeners, um, we, where we find officials uh, in possession of contraband, like, for instance, drugs, Immediately we call in the police services, we hand them over to the police, and we also institute our internal disciplinary inquiry. And the officials have been fired, others have been uh, sentenced, are doing time now in our facilities. That's the, the, the zero approach to, to, to uh, smuggling of drugs by officials. But also offenders alike and members of the public. Uh, we have uh, developed a very hard line with regard to contraband, and uh, as and when these incidents occur, the South African Police Services is always uh, ready to help us. Uh, we do also do forensic investigations. So as to close this uh, uh, breach that is there in some of our facilities. Well, let's uh, go to the lines. Uh, Stephen Swart, uh, Member of Parliament, sits on Correctional Portfolio Committee. Good morning to you and thank you for calling yes. through, Honourable Member. Good morning and good morning to our listeners. I'm sorry the line's not very clear. I'm driving, but I just want to commend the Commissioner and NICRO for the very good work they're doing under very difficult circumstances. And we from the ACDP side, we understand the public outrage about high levels of crime. And we understand the need for dangerous criminals to be convicted and incarcerated and, and that we need to be protected from murderers and rapists. But the restorative justice aspect is key and rehabilitation for those people that still, because they are hungry, they steal a loaf of bread. Why should they be locked away for that? And we believe in restorative justice in those regards. So briefly from our side, we just want to commend what the prison services are doing under very difficult conditions and that we understand the public are calling for people to be locked away. But let's look at restoring responsible citizenship. Stephen Swart, uh, thank you very much uh, for calling us. Uh, Alex in Cape Town, uh, welcome. Thank you for holding on. Yeah, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I'm Alex, I'm a Nigerian, and I'm here in South Africa as a missionary. So I've identified and I've also structured a project uh, to go into the prisons and rehabilitate by using, let's say, skill acquisition, photography. So I've written to two uh, prisons, applying for an opportunity to go into the prisons, targeting 
young prisoners that have been um, in prison because of petty crime, like especially the juveniles. And I've designed it in a way that um, the last few months that they will be in the prison before release, I can go in and give them an empowerment uh, through photography skills or graphic design skills because that's my area of expertise. I designed the project and then um, applied for two prisons in two prisons to give those services, but the prison is not responding quickly because for Alex, us, uh, we want to take quick action, but it's the response uh, it's very slow from their side for us to be able to work together because we're willing to do to help and we have uh, ideas to help but uh, the response is very slow and it's uh, killing uh, our spirit to one of yeah, the we we so, hear your point uh, Alex may I make a suggestion we're going to put you back to our producers and uh, we'll put you in touch uh, with uh, Nicro uh, because uh, I think uh, we don't need to reinvent uh, the wheel because they've got some programs uh, which are running okay Alex uh, in uh, Cape Town Vuyelo you are in Bedford View welcome I do not understand why you're discussing selection of prisoners. They shouldn't be there in the first place. I, for one, got no sympathy for the prisoner. They've got no right to take anything that does not belong to them. You know what we should be discussing now? To bring back Hanupan in this country. Those big five they mentioned, they'll be empty within no time. People are dying like flies under INC government. Really, let's discuss something that is serious, not prisoners. Vuyeloa in Bedford View. Castro in Davidton, welcome. Uh, uh, good morning, Brian. Yes, Brian. Uh, you know there are few things that uh, are, are still disturbing to realize that the Department of Correctional Services has not moved into dealing with the issue of dexterity. I remember, Brian, when I was uh, in prison, uh, I used to be part of the registration committees and all the other uh, progressive committees. What I, I, I could say, Brian, is that. I think the Department of Correctional Services need to start by transforming many of their, their, their correctional officers. Well, some of these uh, correctional officers are part of the gangsters. Uh, some are refusing uh, to, even those uh, heads of correctional centers, uh, when I was there, used to refuse to, to, to approve the recreational programs and those recreational programs that involve stakeholders from outside. And I remember we used to to write letters to the correctional service at the head office, uh, but you'll get charged by, by, by the local uh, prison uh, uh, authorities, and the department at the national level will do nothing, you know. So, so it, it, it just creates fear that you can't smuggle a letter outside the department. Surely if you can uh, uh, trans, uh, post a letter from the, the, the prison uh, mail uh, system, it will not reach head office or any other human rights uh, 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 organization like your lawyers for human rights uh, and uh, even the president for that matter. So the Department of Personal Things needs to come up with these things of, 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 of ensuring that the complaints that are launched by offenders get attended to without offenders being charged by the local uh, prison authorities. But those things, they have a, a, a way of creating a fear. Number two, right? Uh, we have a, we, we established an NGO called Bata Community Correctional Development. We never got assistance because we wanted to assist. Among other things, we wanted to join uh, the, the, the system, the whole uh, justice system, uh, uh, and to ensure that they lead to the court when they sentence some of the uh, petty crimes of 
uh, they, they they sentence them to our to our hands to our facilities so that so that we can we can be able to rehabilitate and monitor and assist the correct the correction of the department to monitor the very same of, of offenders well we are taking these uh, uh, offenders through the rehabilitation program but unfortunately due to the funding we shut down but i'm i'm i'm, I'm contemplating of uh, of, of uh, uh, re-establishing or rather be revisiting the idea and see if the uh, the, 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 the the department cannot assist in the social development now that it seems to be understanding of what is the meaning of correctional uh, 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 facility castro really we have yes, to leave it there. Unfortunately, we've got uh, your points. And uh, let's get a response uh, firstly from uh, Betsy Pierce, uh, National Operations Manager at uh, NICRO, uh, to the calls uh, that we've had uh, from uh, Alex uh, Vuyelo and Castro. Okay, I've, I've looked at, um, you know, the restorative responsible, um, restoration of responsible citizenship that the first, the first caller um, was talking about. That's exactly what NICRO is about. We we need to we need to be able to assist assist anyone who has um, uh, has been in conflict with the law, who has been imprisoned, to modify the behaviour and make the amends to victims and communities. Um, but, but this is not just a process that one person alone or one organisation or department alone must do. We need to take hands and we need to all stand together. Um, it's a societal responsibility to to ensure that all our citizens um, citizens act responsible, um, and 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 we need to be able to have an environment where people can function. If if you look at 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 the the, the reasons why people commit crime, it's, it's numerous, and there's there's so many factors that interact with each other for somebody to commit a crime. The reasons could be in terms of people's attitudes. It could be in terms of environment, people's families, what they're exposed to. So we need to look at what is causing the criminal behavior and then addressing those situations so that people have a chance to live constructively and and, um, develop into constructive citizens within our societies. So it doesn't matter where people are. If they're in prison, they need they need the right environment to be able to rehabilitate. And once they're released, we also have to be able to to change the environment so that the person would have the support to continue in his life. And I know I can hear people are very angry. People, especially people who have been exposed to crime. And if you if you talk to to the citizens out there. Um, probably about 75% of people have been uh, a victim of crime or they know somebody who has been a victim of crime. So people are very, very angry when they hear this. And I agree that there are people that need to be in prison, people who um, who are threat to society and people who um, are, have very, very high risk profiles. But unfortunately, we're not dealing with with, with, with people on, on that level all the time. We're dealing with, with, with people who have low risk profiles. It can be your, your child. It can be my brother. Um, and it's people who have committed a crime, um, sometimes because of peer pressure, sometimes because of um, impulse, sometimes not thinking. And those people need to be assisted to change their behavior.
And today we're looking at uh, prison conditions and how prisoners are protected and rehabilitated under the system. Some of the SMSs that have come through, CISO says how and what laws hinder execution of the commissioner's mandate. And MJ says parole officers in Pretoria take money from offenders, making it difficult for parolees to be economically active. And uh, this one is unsigned. It says, good morning. Actually, how much uh, does it cost uh, to keep each prisoner in jail? What if uh, foreign prisoners uh, are being repatriated and serve their sentences in their home country? And Mkabisi Gandama says, morning, sir. I'm grateful I went to prison. In there, I discovered my purpose. I wrote four books. One was published last year. It is entitled My True Confessions. I'm now motivating learners and young people. Rehab programs really help me. That's Mkabisi Gandama. This uh, one from Masilo Mukaba says, It is unfortunate that our correctional service policy and their standards and human rights organizations play a serious role in this overcrowding. They are very relaxed. Another problem, uh, they are waiting trials infecting each other with HIV through the involvement of prison officials and released thereafter to spread it in their communities. And uh, this, uh, you have to think back of that special assignment on prison officials deals of some years ago. Another one from David Mtunzi in Maba to say many prison warders are unfortunately culprits themselves that cannot be ruled out from the many problems that are found to be existing within our prisons and this needs to be priority number one in the problem resolution mechanism that uh, needs to be put in place. And uh, Joe and Peter Maritz uh, back has a question uh, for you, Betty. It says, how does NICRO interact with a judge that's supposed to be inspecting prisoners and prison conditions? And an ex-offender has also wrote right in and says, SA parolees save parole time, whereas foreigners are left uh, for deportation but uh, immediately return. And uh, MK says prisoners used to get six months amnesty when the new state president is elected, but now that is uh, no more. Uh, Commissioner, would you like to react to some of those uh, SMSs that have come through and the calls we had from Stephen, Alex, uh, Vuyelua and Castro? Thanks, Ike. Uh, once more, uh, I think you 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 summed up uh, the issue of Alex uh, that uh, you link him up with Nicro because the program is already taking place. But I think uh, just to make him aware that there is an accreditation process uh, that this uh, application has to go get through, and once that has been done, uh, he shall be informed of the, the outcome of that accreditation pro, uh, pro- process. It is important that he should make a follow-up so that um, uh, his contribution is also taken advantage of. Uh, I, I would like to, to comment on the Hangpal because uh, as a government, but as a country, we have moved away from uh, capital punishment. And, and therefore, we, we, we have invested quite a lot in those that have been uh, sentenced to that kind of uh, sentence. And uh, they... Some of them are released as we speak, and uh, they, are, they have joined the society. They have also uh, come back to us to assist us in crime awareness campaigns, making some juvenile offenders aware that crime does not pay, crime has no future, and so forth. And we appreciate that opportunity that uh, lives have been spared, and those lives are now also contributing towards uh, the awareness uh, in our country. I think uh, Castro uh, making mention of uh, very significant uh, issues that uh, 
We devil us uh, from time to time where complaints of offenders are not taken seriously and also where we don't provide feedback and uh, don't uh, rehabilitate more. Currently, we are busy with uh, the formulation of a structured day program for all correctional facilities and uh, with the inmate integrated management system, we shall then be able uh, to, at a particular time during the day, focus on a correctional facility at the head office and at the region to see as to whether the programs that are supposed to be provided to offenders are indeed provided because offenders from time to time complain that uh, programs are not being uh, provided to them. It takes a social worker sometimes uh, quite some time to, 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 to present to offenders a program and therefore we have found that uh, we need to do something in monitoring and ensuring that uh, indeed as a department we move as one and we provide the the programs. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the issues that are being raised regarding uh, 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 officials of correctional services, which are very serious, uh, I would like to, to, to invite uh, all members of uh, our community, South Africans, uh, anybody, even uh, those of foreign origin, to report cases where there is bribery that is taking place there is provision of drugs to offenders and so forth, and that uh, juvenile offenders are being uh, handed over to, 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 to seasoned and hardcore criminals uh, to undertake their sexual activities. So uh, there is there's the anti-corruption hotline uh, 0800-701-701 that can be called at any time of the day. People can also make the South African police services aware, even the hawks so that together we fight this uh, criminality that is taking place at our facilities. Now, in closing, I would like uh, to find out, uh, Betsy, and you'll also answer that question of your interaction with a judge uh, that's supposed to be inspecting prisoners. What do you say to South Africans who have been victims of crime and couldn't care less about what happens to offenders? Right. Um, my my take on this is that um, we advocate problem solving rather than a punitive approach on its own. We we acknowledge it's a place for for imprisonment um, for for those for those people who are threats to society and, and, and high risk. But um, these we we need we need to have problem solving because people um, will come out of prison. And we need to assist them to change their behaviour whilst they're in prison, or even before they go to prison. So um, we, that my approach is that each case um, we need to look at it and to, to look at it from a restorative, a restorative point point of view, and to see how we can we can get this person and change his behaviour so that he will be constructive again. Um, and we we have um, we we've got so many categories of offenders who are, are, are suffering from serious serious challenges, and when we can change things within the the, the environment, we all within themselves we can change their behaviour. So I I would always say the same thing. We, if if there's any problems within prison, we we've got very good relationships in all our provinces with the prison officials. And we will report a case where we know that there's abuse or there's any any mismanagement within within corrective um, correctional services. And the final word goes to the national commissioner. 
Mike, uh, as I said, uh, correctional services is, uh, is a work in progress. Uh, we are on a transformation path that we believe will take us a number of years to get where we want to be. We are not there as, as we speak, but we also have uh, experiences of uh, some uh, research that was done by uh, Judge uh, Jali, uh, during the Jali Commission, Judge Cameron, Judge Saldana, hmm. and with the recommendation that comes from those uh, commissions as well as those uh, court orders, the Department of Service, uh, Correctional Services is able to, together with other JCPS cluster departments, to move the correctional system in our country forward. And we therefore say that uh, we, we, we are work in progress, we are on a transformation path that we will never go back to where when correctional uh, officials were those that... Uh, where we're ill-treating offenders. We can't go back to where prisoners uh, where we're killing each other and being assaulted really nearly by officials.